The hour to which the podcast adjourned having arrived, the podcast is now in order. Let's gavel in for this week's State House Takeout with the reporters on top of Beacon Hill at the State House News Service. Here's Sam Doran. Welcome aboard to the first State House Takeout of 2020. Happy New Year and Happy New Year to Matt Murphy, Katie Lennon, and Chris Lisinski of the State House News Service. Happy New Year to you, Sam. You Matt, you look Sam like you, Happy New Year, Matt. You look like you want to <laughs> say something, Matt. Happy New Year, Sam. Hey, thank thank you very much. Thank you. Um, the, on last week's episode, we looked back at 2019, but this week it's all about looking forward with some 2020 vision to what's <laughs> to what's uh, going to what's going to, what's going to happen. I thought uh, hindsight was 2020. <laughs> I, 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 I can't speak to that. <laughs> um, we're looking ahead this week to what's going to happen up on Beacon Hill. As lawmakers, yes, Matt? You're talking to three people who are wearing glasses. <laughs> Katie's not currently Technically, wearing Technically, I have glasses. contacts in, but yeah. his point still stands. I'm supposed to wear glasses. I just don't. So, um, uh, We're looking down the pike. Uh, th- we've got seven months ahead as uh, lawmakers prepare to wrap up formal sessions for this biennial session at the end of July. And then they head off onto the campaign trail as we get toward Election Day. Um, so earlier this week, um, yeah, back on the first on New Year's Day, uh, we put out a great uh, compendium of seven issues to watch over the coming seven months. Um, in the legislature and recommend everyone go to statehousenews.com and check out that feature from Colin, Katie, and Chris. Um, But uh, let's just take a few of those out of turn, if we may, pull a few of those out of the orders of the day and uh, talk about some of the issues that are coming up with immediacy. Um, And and one of those that's been much talked about, uh, folks, over the last several months and got kicked into the new year Uh, after it was supposed to be debated in the fall, is transportation funding, uh, revenue sources to pay for improvements to our state's transportation infrastructure. Um, The speaker back in November said, it's better we try to get this right than try to comply with, I guess you could say, a somewhat arbitrary deadline. So um, they're taking it up uh, when er early in this calendar year? By the end of January is what I was told by the uh, Transportation Committee chair yesterday. Yeah. And with uh, pressures mounting, uh, we just had some more commuter rail issues last week, uh, to get this done, what are some of the options that they're perhaps picking between behind the scenes, Chris? The one that we know seems most likely to be a part of this is an increase to the state's gas tax. Uh, Both uh, Transportation Committee Chair William Strauss and Revenue Committee Chair Mark Cusack have said that it's pretty difficult to build a new transportation revenue package without targeting that. Other than that, though, we don't really know what's on the table and what's off the table other than the fact that there will be other components beyond a gas tax increase. So this could be anything from a congestion pricing pilot program where roadway tolls are different based on different times of day. It could be higher fees on Ubers and Lyfts. It could be uh, any other options. Nothing's really been ruled out other than a, a fair increase on the MBTA. Yeah, and we know that the governor's against a gas tax increase, against congestion pricing. Uh, so are legislators kind of staring down a, a future veto that they'll have to override if they move forward with that stuff? Yeah, yeah, that's certainly possible. I mean, obviously, there's a Democratic supermajority in both chambers. So if they can get the party on board with it, they have the votes to override anything that the governor wants to veto. 
Now, Chris, something the governor is for uh, is entering into this TCI pact, this Transportation Climate Initiative pact. Um, but there's been some opposition to that from Republican members of the House. Uh, Chairman Strauss said he's going to think about TCI separately. Does that kind of take some of the complication out of uh, this transportation debate coming up? Uh, I think it depends who you ask. I would actually argue that it probably makes it all a little bit more complicated. Really? Uh, given that, you know... The, the initial projections from the states drafting TCI say that gas prices will raise anywhere from $0.05 cents to $0.17 cents a gallon. Uh, you know, Massachusetts leaders are going to have to kind of consider that alongside any increase to the gas tax and scale whatever gas tax increase they want so that there's not too much of an effect when that's done in conjunction with TCI. Gotcha. And looking ahead to the 21st of the month, we've got the State of the State Address, the governor making his annual policy speech. Uh, we learned the date of that this week. Um, he's going to be filing his budget the next day. So he'll use that speech the night before to outline some of his priorities, his initiatives. Um, Matt, do we, uh, do we have any idea what areas uh, Baker's going to focus on this year? We don't, Sam. Thanks to uh, your intrepid reporting, we just found out that the 21st this week will be the uh, the date of this speech to the legislature. And if we look back at how the governor has used these speeches in the past, uh, they tend not to be major uh, policy pronouncements. He likes to take a bit of a victory lap in these speeches. He likes to highlight areas where he and his administration and the legislature have worked together over the past uh, year, uh, now years that they've been, uh, this leadership group has been working together. I think we can expect to hear more of the same. I imagine he'll talk about their success in getting the hands-free driving bill done, uh, in getting the vaping bill done, uh, and getting the education funding reform bill done. And then uh, you'll probably also hear him uh, highlight the strength of the economy and uh, probably look ahead to some of the initiatives that he has been unable to uh, push the legislature forward on. Uh, first and foremost, probably housing. Uh, he's been really hammering this housing issue home uh, for uh, uh, several years now, actually, but he's refiled his legislation uh, this session. It has not yet uh, moved to either branch for a vote, and um, housing is uh, pretty universally regarded as a, a, a significant issue impacting uh, both uh, the cost of living in Massachusetts, but also the ability for businesses and the economy to continue uh, to grow. Uh, yeah, that's a pretty long-term goal. Um, and the uh, big question with this budget as we head into fiscal 21 uh, preparations is uh, how the budget's going to implement the new education funding law, uh, the new funding requirements. And uh, there's no dedicated source to pay for this, and the fiscal outlook is uh, tightening a little bit for the year ahead in this state. So, um, uh, Katie, what, what are some of the potential ways lawmakers might be looking at to uh, make this jive? Well, I mean, I think one of the things we, we've heard people say during the, the education funding debate as it is stretched on um, behind us now is that this is a thing that, that they believe can be done with existing revenues. They talked about, you know, the governor's pointed out that if you look at this incrementally on a year-by-year -year basis, you're looking at about $300 million on a $40-plus billion budget. It's a, you know, significant chunk of money, but it's... Not, a, not as big a stretch as, as it might be, um, the governor has said at least. So they'll be looking to kind of maybe pull that out first. It could squeeze some other priorities if we do have a, a revenue slowdown. 
We will probably learn a bit more about that in the next week or so, too, because if you remember back when uh, the legislature was debating that uh, drawn-out supplemental budget or the closeout for fiscal 19, they pulled way back on spending, and uh, House Ways and Means Chair Michael would said a lot of that had to do with some concern over the economy continuing to grow into the new year, and uh, they've had their hearing, they've heard from economists, but we're waiting for the House Senate administration to put out their consensus revenue estimate uh, for the 2021 budget that uh, will inform the, the bottom line on what the governor files. And depending on how much growth they think, uh, it, it'll be easier or harder to pay for that education law. When does the consensus revenue estimate usually come out? Early to mid-January. I think the okay. deadline is, if it's not the 15th, it's around then. Yeah, I think it's right around the 15th. Cool. So something to be looking for in the next week or two as well. Um, and the other, maybe uh, the third big item we should be looking at in January is climate change debate, right? Because uh, similar to transportation funding, this is something that might have come up last year that's been promised for early this year. Um, uh, Senator Pacheco uh, really was pushing back in the fall in November uh, for a climate debate, and Senate President Spilka uh, Pacheco reported on the 14th of November a drop-dead date here for the Senate under Spilka's leadership would be January 31st. Katie, uh, do we have any idea what the uh, Senate bill is going to look like? Not in the sense of having a lot of specifics about it. I guess that's kind of the stage we're in uh, on a lot of the things that have been teased for, for January or for early this session. But Around the time last year that Senator Pacheco was really beating the drum for the Senate to act on climate legislation and something comprehensive and far-ranging, we did hear from Senator Michael Barrett, who chairs the Telecommunications, Utilities, and Energy Committee on the Senate side, that he was working on assembling a bill that would address clean energy as well as emissions from transportation and from buildings, which is really kind of a an area that we haven't seen tackled as enthusiastically in the past. You know, we've seen good transportation, point, yeah. we've seen clean energy legislation before, and this could be kind of a an opening salvo into that field. So that's um, that's on the radar for January. Where we'll be looking for a, a bill to come out of that committee or out of Senate Ways and Means, and, and see what's up. Sure. And what? A, oh, Matt, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, if yeah. Mark if Mark Pacheco has anything to say about this, it will also uh, presumably include some sort of increased uh, emission reduction target for Massachusetts. Right now, they're still operating under this eighty percent below nineteen ninety levels by twenty fifty. San Pacheco thinks, and he points to the National Climate Assessment and other studies, that this is uh, not aggressive enough. He talks about net zero. We don't know if they'll go that far, but uh, certainly he's looking to amp up the state's uh, goals and requirements for reducing uh, carbon emissions to fight global warming. Sure. And uh, hey, what about the Speaker's Greenworks bill? That's still over in the Senate. Yeah, well, the Speaker actually tweeted that out. He had a fun tweet, I think, was it New Year's Eve, Katie, where he listed the things that the <laughs> House had, oh, House and Senate had passed, but also the things the House had passed that were still spending. And uh, the Greenworks bill was one of them. That's that billion-dollar long-term borrowing bill that the Speaker uh, pushed through the House to pay for climate resiliency. That was a competitor bill to what the governor filed. And we could hear the governor talk about this in his State of the Commonwealth address. Uh, the governor had uh, hoped to use some real estate uh, transfer taxes uh, to pay for a billion-dollar investment as well. And that's uh, pending in the Senate. So whether they take that up separately or roll it into a big climate bill will be uh, 
interesting to watch for. Yeah, that was that was an interesting tweet too. Is is this sort of a r- reversal of fortune for the House this session? Where uh, it seems to me, and I, th- I think we've talked about this before, that the Senate used to send a lot of bills to the House that ended up sitting there, and now the Speaker's pointing out the bills that he's sent over to the Senate that are just sitting in their committees. There's a few of those as well. Don't forget the plastic bag ban that the oh, Senate right. did and sent to the House. I think there are a couple others. The the Gender X bill early this session, that's been a, a longtime priority of uh, President Spilka in the right. Senate. And, you know, even though the the RMV hasn't been moving forward with gender neutral licenses, there's um, more components to the legislation. So I think both of them are, are both both branches are kind of aware of what's on their done list versus the other branches to do list in the in the next seven months. I'm sure they're very well aware. And as we look ahead to February, we've got that red letter day, folks. What's it called? Joint Rule 10 Day. Our favorite holiday at the news service. Yes, indeed. Um, and there's a lot of bills that I'm, I'm sure folks will be looking to see whether anything moves out of committee by then. And some of the other items in this uh, seven issues to watch on statehousenews.com include sports betting, health care, a jobs bill, and, and housing, which, which Matt mentioned as well. Um, yeah. Whatever happened to safe communities? I was oh, just going to say, question. that's another... When you um, talked about uh, think, I'm thinking of committee bills and yeah, what has been that's, reported um, out. That's got a, a January hearing, so that's another thing to watch this month. Their, their original hearing was postponed because of weather, and right. they're now scheduled for a... A rare Friday hearing, January twenty fourth. Oh boy! Which could uh, could get them just under the wire for the deadline to the February fifth deadline to report that out by Joint Rule Ten Day. Of course, um, as I know, Minority Leader Bruce Tarr in the Senate is watching and waiting for extension orders. Those are always possible. <laughs> yes, that is true, and uh, yeah, we do get into the season of extension orders that he loves to uh, expound upon. Um, January 24th, you said? That's right. Yeah, well, don't forget your state house ID that day, because I'm sure there's going to be long lines to get into the building. Big crowds, for sure. They're oh, in yeah. Gardner for that hearing, so wow. they'll be, uh, they're expecting a crowd, I bet. Now, um, all, with all these issues on our minds, um, in general... Is that a Friday? It yeah, is a Friday. Yeah, a Friday. Um, what... What dictates the the timing on some of this stuff? I mean, I'm sure it's a confluence of factors, uh, whether it be public pressure or current events that make it timely or ability to reach consensus with members, I'm sure is a big one. Uh, What else do we think factors into when some of these things are going to pop early this year? I mean, you're right about your last point. A lot of it has to do with consensus, the especially in the House where uh, Speaker DeLeo really prizes uh, bringing in as many people as he can. You don't see the Speaker put a lot of bills on the floor uh, that have uh, 90 votes to pass. I mean, he's looking for maximum support, uh, and if it takes a long time for him to get there or if it uh, means that a bill doesn't get done at all, which we saw at the end of the last session, uh, he's willing to do that. Uh, that's just been the, his style of leadership over the past decade. The, the legislative calendar definitely plays a role, too. You know, we're going to be getting really full bore into budget season pretty shortly, and that's going to take up a lot of the oxygen in the building. Where You know, there's going to be the Ways and Means chairs who will be playing usually key roles in some of the other major pieces of legislation. Their time is going to be occupied with that. So there's kind of a, a juggling or a balancing act always as well. 
And then, uh, of course, folks have to hit the campaign trail, too, and, and kind of play that dual role for part of this year as well. And uh, since we mentioned uh, a health care bill, let's just not forget the health care financing, should mention, has their own separate joint rule 10-day that's a bit later than, than the other JR 10-day, which is February 5th. But Yeah, and if you want to talk about affecting timing of a bill, losing the chairman of the committee Ooh. will affect the timing of a bill. And yes. for the second session in a row, health care financing lost. Uh, their chair, Chairwoman Benson, uh, leaving the legislature next week, actually, I think. Wednesday, yeah. Wednesday, uh, to take over the Alliance for Business Leadership. Uh, There's a special election scheduled for the end of March uh, to fill that seat. But if you remember last session, uh, former rep, late rep Peter Cocott was working on the big house health care bill, and he passed away in February as he was working on that. That really set back the timeline for that health care bill, which collapsed at the end of the session. And again, we find ourselves in a similar situation uh, this session. So something to watch for, especially after the Senate passed uh, that big pharmaceutical bill. Right. And there is uh, the governor's health care bill could provide a, a basis to Lest we work forget. off of if someone were interested in using that as a template. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if we heard the governor uh, remind folks in the legislature about that during his state of the state as well. I think there's going to be a lot of gentle nudging in the state <laughs> of the Commonwealth <laughs> speech, yeah. All right. Well, we'll look forward to that, and we'll look forward to what this spring holds in store for us. Thank you very much, folks. Have a good weekend. Thanks, Sam. Statehouse Takeout is a production of the Statehouse News Service. And for a daily fix of Statehouse headlines, visit masterlist.com. Masterlist with two S's. Thanks again for listening. See you next week.